0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football, presented by BKCW. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Bobby Burton. And Bobby, we're going to jump right into it with some recruiting news. We'll start with the Jasper linebacker, Ty Anthony Smith, the four-star prospect and uh, a big prediction out there that happened just a little bit ago, huh? Yeah,
1: you know, we talked early this week that we thought, uh, based on a report from Techsags, that Texas might be getting back in on the linebacker from Jasper, uh, Texas, uh, that had been committed to A&M for months, uh, back into the summer, uh, Blake, really. Uh, And reality of it is, is just about 50 minutes ago, Steve Wilkong of 24-7 Sports logged a crystal ball prediction from Texas A&M to uh, uh, University of Texas. It is by far the leading news for the Longhorns uh, this morning. Uh, Big one. Uh, for Texas, if this is the case. So what, what does this all mean? Uh, we know that uh, Pete Kwiatkowski has told Ty Anthony Smith that he would be the only linebacker in this recruiting class if the Longhorns, uh, or if he were to select the Longhorns. It is a big blow to A&M. Uh, they have blown up their Southeast, uh, uh, Southeast Texas recruiting. Draylon Middle- Miller now committed to Colorado. That's the, the running back athlete out of Sillsby. Weston Davis, the big offensive tackle, five-star prospect out of Beaumont United, is now committed uh, to LSU. And then Ty Anthony Smith was the last one of that group. And now, according to Steve Wiltfong of 24-7, uh, Smith expected to flip his pledge from A&M to Texas. Okay, why does this all matter? Uh, you know, what, what's going on here? Texas currently at 21 commitments. Here's here's where we're we're at. Texas right now. Is at twenty one commitments. They have two official visitors coming in this weekend from the high school ranks, uh, at least possibly Ty Anthony Smith as well. So be aware of that. Be aware of that. Okay, uh, Xavier Philsamy of McKinney, Texas, is expected in. He's the safety uh, that uh, Texas has been uh, having their eyes on now for a good three months. Blake B- Gideon was in home yesterday with him and his family. Uh, that was very interesting. And then yesterday on this program, I mentioned that there was likely a surprise visitor uh, from the high school ranks that uh, Texas fans didn't know about and hadn't thought about. Uh, Well, that became public last night when Alex Foster, the big defensive lineman, six foot five, 250 pounds out of Greenville, Mississippi. He's currently committed to Baylor, but now he's making an official visit beginning today to the Longhorns. Uh, Interestingly, Foster is one of those prospects that they feel is a developmental prospect that just could end up being a 315-pound guy. He's currently at 250. He's at a small school in Mississippi. They just like the upside. Uh, So uh, be aware of that. Phil Simi and Foster expected on campus at the very least. We think, and this is what we were conjecturing yesterday and the day before, Ty Anthony Smith may also be in Austin this weekend as well, Okay. So that those are the those are those three from the high school ranks. Now you look at the portal. Okay, Uh, you look at the portal. Andrew Makuba and Matthew Golden are both expected in. Golden was expected in yesterday, uh, had actually told people that he was coming in. Texas was preparing for it, but his parents wanted to come with him uh, to the visit. So now he will visit this weekend, uh, according to Golden and his family, Makuba, was expected in, uh, is is in beginning today through Sunday for an official visit. I would say both of those guys, and based on everything I'm hearing uh, internally, both of those guys expected heavy leans to Texas at this point. Oklahoma gave some chase, I think, and gave Makuba some real things to think about. But at the end of the day, I think that Texas is in the prime position here, Blake. Uh, You also have Matthew Golden, and again, this is a guy that had 400 plus yards receiving this year, six TDs. Uh, they Texas and and you you know this, everybody knows this. Steve Sarkeesian is enamored with touchdown makers, right? We talked about that. He likes guys like Keelan Robinson who don't get a lot of touches necessarily, but score a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. Well, Matthew Golden had nine kick a total of nine kick returns this year. He took back two of them for touchdowns. Okay, he had six touchdowns receiving on just 38 catches. So you're talking about literally once every six times this guy touches the ball, he scores a touchdown. That's the definition of a touchdown maker. Okay, that's that's Adonai Mitchell. You know, these guys are that's that's what you're wanting. So Makuba, there's a report out there that Tyler Barron, a defensive lineman out of Tennessee that had six and a half sacks this year. Uh, A defensive end is also visiting Texas this weekend, Blake. But at this point, uh, we cannot confirm that. Uh, There is some question whether or not he is really going to be a target for the Longhorns at this point. Uh, I know that people are saying, well, he's visiting. Well, a lot of people thought Juice Wells was visiting too, but Texas canceled that visit. Um, Right. And so let's let's do not just because people have visits set does not mean. Texas is trying to attract them. Um, I'll give you an example. Jamari Caldwell, the defensive lineman out of uh, Houston. You know, Texas, he's more than good enough player for Texas, but I don't think he can get into school at Texas. And so Texas can't reciprocate, right? Um, And he's already back, by the way, he's already back in uh, Newberry, South Carolina for the winter break. He's going nowhere uh, with Texas as of right now. Um, And Ekim is right here. Texas has no reason to be hasty. In the portal they can be selective judicious whatever word uh you want to use uh but again if you were just wrapping up this first group of news because there's i mean recruiting news is huge right now guys yeah. that's why we're focusing on it so much um but just this first group you start with ty anthony smith then you talk about the official visitors from the high school ranks this weekend phil me uh, and alex foster as the su- surprise visitor we were talking about yesterday from Greenville, uh, Mississippi, he'll be on campus. Andrew McCuba, the, the uh, Clemson Nickelback. Matthew Golden, the wide receiver return specialist uh, from Houston, all on campus, along with, by the way, 10-plus high school guys that have already committed that are just returning. And there was a rumor out there that Brandon Baker may be visiting Nebraska this weekend. That's the – Brandon is a five-star out of Santa Ana Mater Day. I ran that down and talked to someone close to that situation. That's not true. He's still expected in Austin this weekend. Now, could things change? But I, I doubt it changes from eleven o'clock last night to you know eight o'clock this morning. But uh, anyways, uh, that's that's the latest on uh, recruiting. We've got so much more recruiting news going on, Blake. It's absolutely insane. But uh, I'm trying to get a breath of fresh air here because so much news. Now, the big one though, Ty Anthony Smith getting a flip pick uh, from Steve Wilt, Wiltfong. Uh, just a, a big one there for the Longhorns.
0: No doubt about it, Bobby. Well, before we move on, I'm going to let you tell everybody about BKCW. Yeah, absolutely. Every
1: Friday's uh, Coffee and Football brought to you by the folks at BKCW. At BKCW, they are a business insurance group and they talk about the insurance trap. Uh, what What is the insurance trap? It's when a agent literally tells you at the very last second, oh, your, your insurance rate is going up at the end of the year without actually giving you the details of it or a plan to mitigate the risks behind it. Operating out of their headquarters in Austin, Texas, and owned by a UT grad, BKCW uses a five-step process to identify your business's weak spots, design a plan, execute it, and monitor your situation throughout the year so that you can lower your insurance costs and effectively manage your company's risk. BKCW has already helped some of the most well-known construction companies, restaurant groups, breweries, and nonprofits in Central Texas Escape the insurance trap, and it all starts with a free risk assessment. Go to BKCW.com or send an email to info at BKCW to get started with a free risk assessment or claims audit and escape the insurance trap. We appreciate them and their ongoing sponsorship of coffee and football. Uh, they've been just great partners in, in uh, going through this whole process uh, with us as well. So we
0: appreciate them. That's BKCW.com. All right, Bobby. Well, lots of news going on, as you said, and uh, not not just recruiting, but some huge news last night as the Texas volleyball team advances to the national championship, the second time in a row. Very cool. They're they're so good. They're I mean they. I, did you stay up and watch that last night, Blake, no. or is it just me? No, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to watch. I was watching the state playoff games and I was kind of following along on my phone uh, and then ended up having to do something else. But from what I saw on my phone, it' great, great game. Uh, I,
1: let's uh, let's talk about it, because it was awesome. Uh, the I watched a little I flipped back and forth, obviously, between the state championship games. I can't be all uh, volleyball at a time like this. Um, but. The Texas women split the first two sets. And then the third and fourth set, Wisconsin literally looked shook. It yeah. was, it was like they took a Texas just went into overdrive. And and almost at elite level volleyball, a blowout set is like 25 to 19. That's like a blowout at elite volleyball. Well, the last two set scores against Wisconsin. Texas won 25 to 13 and 25 to 16. Madison Skinner played out of her mind. Uh, she's a, a young lady from the Houston area, Katie, uh, whose dad, uh, Brian Skinner, played in the NBA. She helped Texas to the uh, national championship uh, last uh, year with alongside Logan Eggleston in that group. Uh, but her, uh, Ella, um, uh, I can't even remember her name, Ella, uh, I'm forgetting the setter's last name, uh, Emma Halter. Uh, Tosilia Kana's sister, uh, Molly Phillips, uh, Asia O'Neal was great. Uh, They just played like uh, champs last night uh, is is really what it it boils down to. It sets up, though, this is kind of cool as you're a a Texas fan. um, It sets up a, a rematch with Nebraska. There are no two bigger foils in college volleyball right now than Nebraska and Texas. A lot of people don't even follow it that closely. That are just, hey, we like to see Texas do well, but they are two foils, like they're enemies a little bit in basketball and volleyball. Um, it goes so far and goes so deep as um, Aiden Ames is the number one middle blocker in the country, and she's out of Prosper, Texas, so she's a recruit. She'd been re- committed to Nebraska all along. She just, she just literally decommitted from Nebraska a couple weeks back and committed to Texas. Instead, and it uh, long story short, they compete in recruiting. They compete on the the whatever. I, Texas and Jared Elliott, though, back the 11th time uh, for uh, in, in the final four. Uh, this is going to be, I believe, his sixth national championship appearance. Uh, the Longhorns under Elliott have won two national championships as well. They're mentioning Emma Halter here. Uh, Emma Halter, by the way, is the libero. And she's a bad little. She's she's really, really good and fun to watch. Uh, I will say that they mentioned that game is on ABC on Sunday, Blake. It's not just on ABC at uh, I think it's 2 p.m. If that somebody correct me if that's wrong, um, but it is the first college volleyball match ever, okay, on the women's side that will be broadcast on uh, on broadcast TV and not you know ESPN two or something like that but it's going to be on a national broadcast on espn and it'll be
0: texas and nebraska uh, for the national championship no doubt well bobby Basti, we talked a little football recruiting we've talked volleyball let's talk a little basketball for a second yesterday we broke the good news that dylan desu will be back for the lsu game and i while you were talking i was trying to find a line for that game to see who was favored and i don't think one's been released yet but a lot of computer models actually picking the horns to win by about 6 points. Uh so a big game there and Dessou's first game back with the Horns this year since suffering that injury back in the Elite 8 game against Miami back in back in the spring. So uh, this is uh, this game
1: also by the way Blake and I think it's uh it starts at 11 tomorrow I, I believe if I'm not mistaken and it's uh, going to be on ESPN2. But this game is at the Toyota Center in Austin, or in Houston. So if you're out in Houston and want something to do tomorrow, I want to go see the Longhorns uh, head out over to the Toyota center and watch Texas play with Dylan D. Sue returning for the first time, what this reminds me of, and I don't know how old some people are very young in this, in these uh, chats and uh, 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 on coffee and football. Some people are very old. Uh, I'll never forget Christmas break. I was in school at Texas and Christmas break, I believe in 1990, uh, Texas played LSU you know, same LSU team. Uh, Dale Brown was the head coach. Tom Penders was the head coach for Texas. And uh, it was one of the best college basketball games that didn't really mean much I'd ever seen. Uh, Chris Jackson, if you guys remember him, uh, the little point guard for LSU, he he scored 51 points on the horns. Shaquille O'Neal threw down a dunk that was otherworldly, as a I think as a true freshman at the time. Lance uh, Blanks, Travis Mays, Joey Wright made it competitive. But it was one of the most entertaining college basketball games. And that was at the old Summit in Houston. Uh, this one will be at the uh, at the uh, uh, Toyota Center. But uh, look, Texas 7-2 and two in basketball right now, trying to find their footing, uh, talking to people in the know. Uh, they're trying to find how they're going to run their offense long term. They've waited for Dsu to get back so that they could have another guy besides Caden Shedrick uh, to run things inside out with. Um, So this will give them that opportunity to do that with Dylan DeSue.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt he's going to help them find their footing. They they have been missing him for sure. Well, uh, and other big games that happened yesterday were the state championship games. Bobby, more today starting at 11 a.m. And then, of course, on Saturday, an action-packed weekend full of some Texas commit plays tonight. Plays tomorrow, Techland Prospects. Texas is recruiting, or are recruiting, I guess I should say. Uh, but really exciting games yesterday, and probably more of the same throughout this weekend. Uh, there's, uh, look, Anna
1: versus Chapel Hill is the first one. Gilmore versus Belleville. Alito versus Smithson Valley. For folks that are just wanting to watch and think, look at the Texas guys that are possibilities, you know what I mean? That That's something that a lot of people like to do, and I think that's... I mean, I like to do it personally, right? So uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, there is one guy at Chapel Hill to look out for this morning. His name is Demetrius Brisbane. Texas is still monitoring him. He's a DB wide receiver for Chapel Hill that's actually committed to SMU. But Texas is not saying no to him at this point. They're just still, they want to evaluate. So watch for Demetrius Brisbane. at the In the three o'clock game, it's... Gilmer versus Belleville. Now, Gilmer has some young guys that, that need to be watching, but really, the one that you need to keep an eye on in this game is probably Belleville's uh, D, uh, DJ Sanders. He's a six foot three, two hundred eighty pound defensive lineman. He's going to be a defensive tackle in college, but he plays defensive end for Belleville. Texas has already offered him a scholarship. A and M, Oklahoma, as well. He's one of those regional national recruits, if that makes sense, because Belleville typically doesn't get a lot of recruiting traffic. I mean, it's not Katy or North Shore or McKinney or uh, South Oak Cliff. You know, it's not in this major metro area. It's kind of hard to get to. So when you see A&M, OU, LSU, Texas, all those guys recruiting a single guy like that, uh, make sure you check him out uh, at Bellevue. And then at 7 o'clock, the 7 o'clock game is even more interesting to me. That's Alito versus Smithson Valley. So Smithson Valley, of course, has Freddie Debose who's already committed to Texas, uh, the wide receiver. But Alido is phenomenal. Load. I mean, <laughs> they've got a quarterback committed to TCU, a cornerback committed to um, Arizona State, a safety, B.J. Allen's little brother. Uh, D.J. Uh, is committed to uh, Arkansas. They've got a linebacker committed to LSU. But perhaps their two best prospects on their entire team are sophomores.
0: Yeah, that's scary. <laughs>
1: One of them is a going to be a familiar name to Texas fans. Okay, that is Caden Finley. Okay, he's a wide receiver. It is JerMichael Finley's son. Okay, Texas has already offered him a scholarship. So Caden Finley, he's a 2026. I mean, he's a sophomore, so it's he's way out. But Texas has offered another sophomore on that same team as well, and that's the running back racing Guillory. Uh, Texas offered him. Look, Alito is. Loaded, uh, Smithson Valley is a little bit more. Um, uh, they have a little bit more experienced squad, I think is the best way to put it. But uh, watch tonight Freddie DeBose on offense for Smithson Valley, Caden Finley on offense for Alito, and Racine Guillory, uh, on offense, the running back for Alito as well. Just a you know, this and then tomorrow is just a smorgasbord. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> no offense, that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow while my wife's probably making me wrap Christmas presents. So I just <laughs> I'm going to be doing that and, you know, watching football at the same time. So,
0: yeah, it's going to be going to be a fun next two days. That's uh, for sure. I can't wait to, to watch it. All right, Bobby, well, before we move on to some more recruiting stuff, I want to tell everybody out there about Manscaped. And Santa Baby, the season for a fresh cut, is finally here with the sponsors of today's show, manscaped the leaders in below the waist grooming have just launched their fifth generation performance package to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year take care of your special snowflake with the lawnmower 5.0 ultra and watch your south pole shine like never before get the best stocking stuffer of all time by going to manscaped.com and using code ONTEXAS for 20 percent off plus free shipping And guys, I guarantee you that Mrs. Claus will thank you. I personally use Manscaped products, and I can tell you that without a doubt, they're the premier product out there. It also makes a great Christmas gift that you can stuff any stocking with. And Manscaped is a one-stop shop for all your holiday needs. They have the perfect gift in the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, which includes loads of perfect stocking stuffers. And what could be better than giving the gift of good hygiene and a few good laughs with it? Starting with the lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, this is the crown jewel of the holidays and, dare I say, the best ball trimmer of all time. The Electric Razor's advanced skin-safe technology is a lifesaver and known for reducing nicks and cuts on your Santa sack. And if your boxer game is weak, then take care of your chestnuts with Manscaped's Boxers 2.0, featuring their signature jewel pouch to keep you calm, cool, and collected. And you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code ONTEXAS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using promo code ONTEXAS. And guys, you can say ho, ho, ho to a well-groomed mistletoe with Manscaped. want to thank them for being one of today's sponsors. Uh,
1: Better you than me. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get over my blushing every time that, 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 uh, <laughs> that ad gets read. And uh, I think I'm there now. Like, so I think I'm there.
0: I do my best, Bobby. I do my best.
1: Hey, let's, uh, a- we're going to take questions today, by the way, uh, from fans. So if you have any questions about recruiting, we know, I mean, I'm coming at you fast and furious with a lot of news <laughs> and there's some nuance to it that needs to be explained. Uh, so feel free to, to ask away. Uh, Etc. And we can go from there. That's right. Uh,
0: well, let's talk about some other recruiting news out there, Bobby. Anything else that you think people need to be aware of before we get to get to some of those questions?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's that <laughs> time of year, fellas. Um, so there's a lot. First of all, Sark is expected to be. Uh, he did his in-home visits with uh, Jordan Johnson, Rebel uh, last night, as well as Daniel Cruz, uh, the defensive or the offensive lineman. Uh, from North Richland. So he's up in the Metroplex last night uh, doing those things. He's expected to be in Lafayette today. Uh, But Jerry Hamilton uh, reported that he's not going to make his official visit or his home visit with Dominic McKinley yet. He is going to do it with Melvin Hills, the defensive tackle uh, committed out of Lafayette. But Texas has been monitoring Dominic McKinley, who's been committed to the Aggies for a few months. Well, McKinley came out this week and said he's not signing in the early signing period, so Sark doesn't want to use his last his last home visit prior to him not signing if he's going to wait until the new year, right in that uh, the February seven signing period. So Sark's holding on to that, and I would add to this that Bo Davis is still expected to go in home. So it's not like Texas is uh, saying no, we don't want Dominic McKinley after all, et cetera. They're just going to wait and use Sark. Later, closer to the closing process, Blake, I mean, that, you know, it's fundamental in recruiting, you know, so that that's the idea for for Steve Sarkeesian. All right. Next, Terry Bussey. So this if you watched him on Wednesday night uh, for uh, those guys, uh, this is from Jordan Covey anywhere on Texas Flipping Bussey. He has been committed to AM for six months, essentially. OK, he looked electric. In the state championship. Yeah. I mean, I, there's no other way to put it. Like talking about a touchdown machine, that's what he looks like, right? Extraordinarily fast, uh, quick, uh, good ball player on, on top of that, right? It looks like a leader for that team even. Um, he's been committed to A&M as well. Well, Blake, uh, according to multiple reports after, after the state championship game, Bussy, like McKinley said, I'm not signing in the early signing period. <laughs> And LSU has been involved. We expect Texas to get back involved as well. Um, and so that's another reason why Texas, you know, they're trying to find you – know, they want difference makers. I, I, I've said that. That's what Sark wants on offense, touchdown touchdown makers. Well, Terry Terry Bussey fits that. I do think Texas is playing from behind, uh, particularly behind LSU more so than A&M. I think A&M blowing up their entire offense like they did – Kind of, I mean, you're an offensive player. What are you thinking right now, right? Um, and then, so there's that. Another thing is, uh, I want to mention a couple of pieces in the uh, transfer portal that I did not mention. Okay, I talked with uh, Trey Moore, the uh, defensive line edge prospect out of uh, UTSA. 14 sacks last year for for UTSA. I talked to his marketing representative late last night. It is now down to two schools, Texas and Alabama. Period. Okay, Ohio State out of it. Um, He said that he's they are visiting Alabama this weekend, the dad and and Trey. Okay, and then they're going to come back and still try to make a decision prior to Christmas. Okay, they want this done. It looks like it's almost all the way down to just two schools, Texas and Alabama. Um, Ole Miss was trying to get in there late. They, they, they sound like they're out of it. Could things change? It's recruiting. So, yes, things can change. But that's what I've been told at this point. Uh, that's one. And here's another one uh, that I picked up yesterday that's, you know, kind of inside baseball a little bit uh, with the Longhorns, uh, is that Texas is talking to Holden Stays, the tight end out of Notre Dame, that has visited Tennessee, I think uh, some other schools looking at a multitude of major schools Uh stays had 15 catches on the year. He's a true sophomore at Notre Dame. He's a good player. I mean, he's good enough to play at Texas, no doubt um, stays is telling folks that he has been told by Texas specifically by Texas that they're waiting to see if whether or not JT Sanders goes pro. If JT Sanders goes pro, then Texas has told him, yes, we would be interested. If JT Standard does not go pro, probably not a spot for J- for Holden stays. Interesting. So he, he, there is no, and Texas will know after the, the NCAA playoffs, before this goes. But this is where Sark being honest with a guy could pay dividends because he's gone and went ahead and done all his other visits, right? Now Sark gets a shot at him in January where he can talk legitimately with him and not lead him on but also present an attractive option for him. It's clear next year that no matter what, Gunnar Helm has got one of those spots, right? They, if Sark wants to run 12 personnel, they may not have a spot. They would have a spot if JT Sanders left. Now, I talked to uh, the person that's expected to represent JT Sanders yesterday in the NFL draft, if it comes to that, and they said right now it's 75-25 that JT Sanders is leaving. So um, what does that mean? We'll, we'll come to, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, I think that everybody knows that JT is likely leaving, but he has that opportunity to come back. He definitely does. So does, so does Adnai Mitchell. I mean, both of those guys love it at Texas. So it's not like, it, it's not like they want to leave Blake. Yeah. I mean, how can you, if you're, if you're the second tight end or third tight end off the board, that's millions of dollars. I mean, Texas NIL to be strong. It's not millions of dollars for a tight end. So um, you know, we'll see how that goes in the long run. Um, I think that they are both everybody is waiting, including Quinn Ewers, Adnai Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, all of them. They're all waiting to announce anything about the NFL draft until after, until after the college football playoffs are over. And which I think is great. So it doesn't distract. It doesn't distract from yeah. the team at a time when the team needs to be focused. So,
0: well, hey, Bobby, I like this comment here from EQM. He says the recruiting news currently is like drinking out of a fire hose, and that's the truth. There's just so much going on; it's uh, insane.
1: I, look willingly and gleefully drinking from a fire hose.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and I, that that's a good thing um, because I've been been here at times when. You were trying to tap that t- hose, and there wasn't anything coming out of
0: it. Yeah, it was you know running I mean? dry.
1: <laughs> like this is—I'm is, telling you—as someone that's followed recruiting for as long as I have, this this can run in cycles and ebbs and flows. And I'm telling you right now, it's flowing. <laughs> Texas is a hot, hot commodity right now, and that's it. I mean, look, Ty Anthony Smith. If, for for those of you guys that haven't heard Ty Anthony Smith, if you're just now joining us, because we had five or 600 people join us, uh, bring that, bring that uh, back up. Ty Anthony Smith earlier today, guys, uh, at around 7, 10 this morning, uh, a, a reporter that is well-known throughout the industry, Steve Wiltfong uh, of 24 seven sports uh, put in a flip pick for Ty Anthony Smith from AM to Texas. Okay. We had talked earlier this week that we heard that things were headed that way potentially. And then AM went in home and tried to, you know, sell the magic, right, of whatever they're trying to sell. Mm -hmm. But it's sounding like it maybe didn't sell as much as they had hoped, even though they thought it might be. Um, It is possible now that we're hearing that Ty Anthony Smith may be visiting Texas this weekend. So we'll see how that goes. He does have an official visit left to the Longhorns. uh, But if he makes it in, uh, Texas, uh, there a possibility. Texas canceled, by the way. Hunter Andrews, uh, the young man out of Magnolia, I hadn't mentioned that. Uh, he was expected to make an visit, official visit to Texas this weekend, uh, but I think, uh, I think, and this is just my guess, Texas has told Ty Anthony Smith they're only taking one linebacker by canceling the Magnolia linebacker. What does that tell you?
0: Yeah, <laughs> the tea leaves are conspiring a little <laughs> bit here. If that, uh, if that grabs you. No doubt about it. And Bobby, we had a question now. I can't find it, but Oh, right here, here we go about Ty Anthony Smith from Jacob Luna. He says, what linebacker position does he play?
1: I think he starts off outside and ends up inside. Uh, Not unlike Anthony Hill in some regards, right? You want, you want those guys to play where they feel comfortable using their athleticism first and learning on the job. Right. And so you get them some action. And then play them in their natural spot. Leonga Lafau is a little bit different than that. He's always been a middle linebacker. Ty Anthony Smith has been a middle linebacker, but he's also been a change maker for Jasper, right? And what I mean by that, they'll rush him. They'll, I mean, he's a he's more of that non traditional middle linebacker. Um, and so that's that's the idea, I believe, behind Ty Anthony
0: Smith and, and where he'll start his career at Texas. And then Juju Juice says, isn't he only 6'1", 205? That's pretty small for a linebacker. That is what, it, what he, they have him listed as currently on his recruiting profiles.
1: Yeah, but what do you think Leonga LaFowle was last year? Yeah. I mean, you got that's the thing that's different, Juju. And, and everybody know that if you follow college football long enough, you realize that 205 coming out of high school is 225 to 230 by the end of your days in college. It's not like the pros where kids are at 235 at linebacker and maybe they end up at 242 by their fifth year in the league, right? There is a wide chasm of growth uh, for high school players going on uh, and playing uh, playing in, in college four years later. Just think of it. Yeah, QWERTY's right. It's Tory Becton time. Uh, I, for, I mean, look, look no further than Tavondre Sweat. 275, 280 pounds in high school. Well, now he's 364. Um, yeah. that's that's it. Hey, Blake has a, a good point here. Prototypical linebackers are just smaller in today's game. They are, but they're thicker, lower bodied still. So even they though, even though they may be six foot tall, they tend to be able to be able to hold up against the run and then still run and cover in pass coverage because it's really important, especially as they get older and play in the pros to be able to cover backs out in the flat one-on-one, right? And come down with a tackle.
0: And Bobby, I'm going to let you clear this up. This one from David Williams, uh, since you already talked about it a little bit ago in case David joined us late. He says, is Ty Anthony Smith the recruit that is visiting that you could not actually say yesterday, or was that somebody else?
1: It was not Ty Anthony Smith. So I I knew Texas was keeping in contact with Ty Anthony Smith, but I didn't know it had gotten to the point where someone would put a Someone that, by the way, Steve Wiltfong knows A and M recruiting really well. Yeah, um, and for him to do that speaks volumes, if, if in my opinion, as being a, an industry expert about other people in the industry. Um, the person that I was talking about, David, was Alex Foster. No one had him on the visit list, etc. I knew he was coming in, uh, and uh, now he then he put out a tweet. I think is around ten o'clock last night that he's coming in. Foster is a six foot five. 250 pound defensive lineman, very raw, out of a small school in Greenville, Mississippi. Someone that Bo Davis identified um, had been com- has been committed to Baylor and visited Baylor a couple weekends ago, but you know it wasn't really reported at that time. Foster made a side visit to Texas too. He like on his way to Waco, he, he stopped by Texas. So um, that's that's something to consider as well. There he is. Alex Foster. He's out of a private school, St. Joseph's in Greenville, Mississippi. Uh, but look, I mean, some people don't even know he who he is. I mean, yeah. Rivals doesn't even have him ranked. Uh, on three has him has him ranked because they they're aware of him. But uh, you, he's one of those guys that Raw Bo Davis wants to mold potentially.
0: Yeah. Uh, we got one more Ty Anthony Smith question, Bobby, and I know you kind of touched on this as well, but again, for the people that are just joining us, is the, if they say Ty Anthony is the only linebacker, what about Trey Moore from UTSA?
1: Well, Trey Moore plays an, a linebacker role, but it's more of an edge role at UTSA. And, te- and Texas is, uh, according to uh, to uh, Trey Moore's uh, marketing rep, Texas is recruiting uh, Trey Moore as a buck, which is a boundary defensive end position, edge. Um, so no, that's the difference. Um, and so, uh, more would be in that
0: Ethan Burke role, uh, and coordinated with him this year, uh, for for example. Uh, we got a super chat from Michael Schuler. Want to thank Michael here, and he says, "Coffee and football on a Friday, there ain't nothing better." Thanks for all y'all do to keep us up to date on anything UT, the best in the business. Michael, welcome, Michael. And then, Bobby, I'm going to answer this one real quick from Chris Taylor. Where can we watch the high school playoffs? That will be on Valley Sports. Um, If you don't get it, I think you have to have DirecTV or a couple other ones. You can download their app and pay for a subscription to watch it that way. There. And then David Ledbetter says, Kilgore beat Chapel Hill in season play and lost to them by two in the playoffs. Are there any kids from Kilgore to keep an eye on, David? It's their younger class, the freshmen and sophomores that are considered the elite talent uh, for that school. So, Still a few years away on that one. All right, Bobby, we're gonna keep going here, and uh, we, we've had lots of questions about the scholarship numbers, and so I wanted you to kind of talk about that. Uh, this one right here says twenty-eight is twenty-eight scholarships the max, or is that number fluid?
1: Um, it is fluid because as we just saw, it, what was it Wednesday when Malik Murphy went into the to the portal? That made eight Longhorns yeah. now in the portal, um, and so that that's going to change. Um, there, there's going to be more than eight. There's going to be more. Uh, like we don't know how many are going pro, right?
0: Yeah. So sure? it is a
1: fluid number on all sides. It's a good question because it is. It's part of the equation right here, but we don't know what that equation looks like. Texas probably. I mean, Texas not probably. Texas in Billy Glasscock and. Steve Sarkeesian, Jeff Banks, all those guys, they have a sense for it, right? That we don't necessarily have because they've got the inside scoop, right? So my my piece on that is we have to wait and see. We just have to come really focus on everything that's happening, like bringing in Makuba as a nickel uh, from Austin LBJ by way of Clemson. Matthew Golden as a receiver kick returner. Um, those kind of portal guys, they, like I said, they have, they're not going whole hog in the, in the portal. We talked about it. Um, and that we said that they wouldn't, they're looking for four to six specific pieces. That's it. And so what does that mean? Is it 28? Is it 30? It, I think it depends on who they lose as well.
0: Uh, Bobby, why don't you tell everybody out there how they can escape the insurance trap with BKCW.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Blake. I appreciate you, man. Um, BKCW has been a a, uh, a helper, I, I guess, or a supporter of uh, in, uh, of uh, on Texas football for quite a while now. We appreciate them, uh, and they have been one of the initial sponsors with coffee and football. Uh, BKCW focuses on taking you guys out of the insurance trap by providing businesses with actual risk management counseling and consulting, not just price quoting. Operating out of their headquarters in Austin, Texas and owned by a UT grad, BKCW uses a five-step process to identify your business's weak spots, design a plan, execute it, and monitor your situation throughout the year so that you can lower your insurance costs and effectively manage your company's risk. BKCW has already helped some of the most well-known construction companies, restaurant groups, breweries, and nonprofits in Central Texas escape the insurance trap. And it all starts with a free risk assessment. Go to BKCW.com or send an email to info at BKCW.com to get started with a free risk assessment or claims audit and escape the insurance trap. I want to say this uh, as well. Uh, guys, if you have any questions on recruiting, feel free. Uh, we're ready to go today. And it is going to be a big, big weekend for the Longhorns. 10 plus uh, high school players on campus. Uh, some of the best players in camp, on the in the country
0: uh, headed to Austin right now. All right, Bobby. Well, let's get to those questions because we got plenty of them. And, guys, there's plenty of time to get your questions in. So, please do so. We'll get to as many of them as we can. Um, Chris Bacon wants a follow-up. Bobby, earlier in the week, he asked you about this. He said, did you ever get an answer on the college football pay- payout playoff payout for Texas? Will they actually get that money since they're leaving the Big 12?
1: I sent a note in. I have not heard a response, Chris. I will double back on that. I, I cannot imagine that they
0: will not. Um, but I'll ask Chris Del Conte and, and see what he has to say. All right, then Zane says, Bobby, what do you expect Sark's contract extension and new dollars will look like? We need to make sure and take care of him. The NFL will come calling. They
1: will. I mean, he's a, he's got some NFL pedigree to him, so he's attractive in that regard. I'm guessing he's going to start with, uh, what is it? I guess a million is seven digits, right? Uh, so I think he's going to try to get an eight-digit annual contract, <laughs> if that makes sense. Now, how long is that contract? What are the stipulations behind it? Those will be nuanced uh, discussions that I think not only will Chris Del Conte be involved in, but Kevin Eltife, the head of the chair of the Board of Regents, because uh, Steve Sarkeesian will be the, the highest paid person in the University of Texas system. After this year, I mean, just think about everybody that works for the University of Texas. They all effectively roll up to Kevin Elty, who's the head of the Board of Regents. Well, if you're number one guy out of what, 10,000 employees or whatever it is, you're going to have some say in that contract. And so uh, uh, I I think that he's going to start, Sark's going to start by thinking he, he needs eight figures, not seven on an annualized basis. I don't know if he'll get that or what the market really is. Uh, but I will say this: I don't expect it to be contentious. I think Sark wants to be at Texas, and I think Texas wants Sark uh, to be in Austin. So I think that uh, they continue to support Sark um, in the right way. They did it uh, even when he was down at five and seven. Like there could have been—I'm telling you—I've seen Aggies try to make people change their offensive or defensive coordinators when you have a five and seven season, right? They did that with A&M. Well, Texas had a five and seven season with Sark. They didn't make him change Pete Kwiatkowski. Coaches like that sort of autonomy, especially if they can then prove their worth, they get more autonomy as time goes on. And that's ultimately what they want. And you don't have that in the pros. No. Like you have a general manager, you have a president, you, you're not getting that level of football autonomy in the pros. So that's another thing that's attractive for NFL team, all right, for college football coaches. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. They have to do recruiting, but I mean, frankly, recruiting may be, yes, he's a great offensive coach and yes, he creates a great culture and he he, he hires good coaches, but I'm not sure that recruiting isn't one of Sark's top two strengths based on what we, I mean, look, two consecutive top five classes looking at a third straight square in the face. I mean, what... Tell me, Mike, looking from the outside, I mean, I know you've been with us now for a couple months, three months, four months, and you've always followed Texas and even covered recruiting for the Longhorns over the years. But what do you think Sark's biggest strengths are right now? Like, is it play calling? Is it culture building? Is it recruiting? I mean, if you start ticking off the boxes, what is it?
0: Man, that's a great question, Bobby. And I I don't know that it's just one major strength. I think that he's really good at all three of the things that you named Uh, with the recruiting. I think a lot of it comes down to him being able to connect with people, being a real person, you know, kids can, can see, I mean, they're kids, but they can still see right through the, the hokey pokey crap that a lot of these coaches put on. And so I think that's why he's so successful there. And, I think that that also helps him be so successful with all the other stuff. You know, I mean, for the kids on the team currently uh, building that culture, they see that he's not only talking the talk, but he's walking the walk. So I, I don't know that Sark has like where you can just say, okay, this is his main strength. This is what he does best. I think he's gotten to the point now where he's really good, like really, really good at those three things that you mentioned. And I think that's why he has seen you know, found this level of success that at Texas that he's found is because of that, you know. And I, I do think it all comes back, though, to being a genuine person and really, you know, just being a humble guy and um, and just, just not being fake, being true to who he is. I mean, the guy definitely has, has seen his share of adversity in his life. And I, I think that that's, you know, built him into the person that he is now and you know he it just it's helped him in in all you know a, a facets of life really i mean it's he's just a really uh <laughs> really genuine person it seems like and I, I really feel like that that's you know what makes him tick and what what makes him do so well in life and in coaching that needs
1: to be its own
0: podcast
1: uh, its own podcast discussion cuz i i just while you're talking i wrote some things down like recruiting well, there's multiple aspects of recruiting, right? These days, there's high school recruiting, there's portal recruiting, there's roster yep. management within that, like how many spots and who goes where. And the, the like, uh, you know, Jerry Hamilton used to always, uh, as always said, you know, there's no excuse anymore in college football for being a young team. Yeah. And that's true. I, I I agree. And so he's made this Texas team, not a young team, right? Even though, the majority of their top players were sophomores and juniors, maybe some freshmen sprinkled in, not a lot of seniors other than to right? Right. Um, and Jalen Ford, excuse me. But then you, so you talk about recruiting in all aspects of it. You, you know, he's, you know, he's pretty great about that. Hiring coaches. Great. I think that, I mean, the fact that he's done that and he's created a culture, but all sorts of culture. I mean, And what I mean by that, it's not only within the team and the trust he gets from the team, but it's also the trust he's elicited from his coaches. I mean, none of them have wanted to go anywhere unless they get head coaching jobs. Right. I mean, Jeff Choate and Stan Drayton both got head coaching jobs as position coaches. Other than that, the only position he's changed is wide receiver coach. Yep. What what did he end up with? Somebody that was the Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver coach. Yeah. I mean, and so you add that, then you add his play calling and his quarterback development. Um, I, I, my point on it in, in, is this, is Nick Saban does a lot of this stuff, and Pete Carroll did a lot of this stuff too. It, it's, it goes back to something that he actually says, that, that Steve Sarkeesian actually says uh, overall. When people ask him, how did you win that game? Or what, what is it about your program that's diff- different? He keeps using the word versatile. Right. How did you win that game? Oh, we were versatile. We won the game this way this week and that the, ne- the next week it was this way. Well, I'm, I'm coming to think that Steve Sarkeesian may be a little versatile himself.
0: Oh, yeah. Without a doubt.
1: You see what I'm saying? Like he's he's not a one trick pony. Oh, this is my offense. Because when he came to Texas, let, let's let face it. There was one thing everybody was jacked up about his offense. Yeah. I mean, and, and rightfully so in some respects, right? Because, I mean, they just saw what the heck he did at Bama where he would like put everybody on spin, you know? But <laughs> uh, I think that he can beat people in a number of ways, and he's versatile like that, and he's paying attention to those details, which I think, uh, you know, my hat's – and I think every Longhorn fan should be thankful for it too because that's the difference between – and we, we talk about it ad, ad nauseum – between a guy that's built for a one year, one trick pony season versus trying to build a program that's built to last for the next 10, 15, 20 years, however long a run he has any. So I I'm impressed by Steve Sarkeesian right now in so many more ways than just, Oh, wow. You're you've made Quinn Ewers, You've developed and brought Mm -hmm. in Quinn Ewers, and your offense is playing well. And there's just, there's so much more to it that, I think, it's, I think it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes it fun to follow it and uh, talk about it, et cetera. And, uh, and certainly Longhorn fans, I think, are getting the the
0: the results from it. Yeah, it's definitely a breath of fresh air. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, truly is. Hey, Tucker Foster, I see you're super. Well, I see that you put in a super chat, but your question wasn't attached to it. If you will send it normal, we will fix that for you and then get to it. So please, uh, please do that. And then, Bobby, we got another super chat here that we need to get to as well. Actually, a couple of them. We'll start with this one from Juan. He says, there are rumors from LSU sites that Bo Davis is heading to LSU. Any truth to those rumors? I've talked to people
1: behind the scenes about that, and they do not believe that. I mean, they just – I don't think that he wants to leave Steve Sarkeesian for Brian Kelly. I don't think that's the way Bo Davis sees – Life, You know, he's not, while being a coach is a nomadic profession, largely an assistant coach, Bo Davis doesn't want to leave places like he's turned down Florida, for example, in the off seasons, he's turned down interest from LSU before they, they came at him last year. Why would he change this year? Um, and so uh, he's also getting more autonomy at Texas than he'll get elsewhere because he's earning it. Right. And LSU is not going to outpay Texas for him. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. So I I think that uh, while there are rumors out there, there are also rumors that Brandon Baker is visiting Nebraska this weekend. Well, as of 10 o'clock last night, Brandon Baker, the Santa Ana modern day guy is visiting Texas this weekend. So rumors can be rumors, right? They don't, can there be an element of truth to them at times or a kernel of truth? Sure, but not, not right now.
0: Yeah. Right, we got uh, Tucker Foster. He actually put in another super chat. So thank you, Tucker. And I assume this is the one that went to your uh, other one. But he says, Bobby, is Xavier still visiting this weekend? Feels to me, obviously. Uh, also love the show. Watching from Northwest Montana. Ooh, I bet it's cool. Wow. I, I just Is it
1: like 10 degrees there right now? I mean, that's <laughs> Northwest Montana is remote, my man. Um, yeah. uh, so Xavier feels to me is still expected to visit. Uh, Blake Gideon was in home yesterday, I believe, uh, with the young man out of McKinney, Texas. Uh, he is still committed to, to Florida uh, at this point, uh, but I expect I suspect him uh, to visit this weekend, or at least that's the thought, along with Alex Foster and possibly one other high school guy, that possibility being, in my opinion, Ty Anthony Smith. Uh, so that's the linebacker out of Jasper. If you're just now joining us, I want to go back over uh, that. Ty Anthony Smith is the news of the day right now. The linebacker out of Jasper was committed to Texas A&M, or has been committed to Texas A&M since summertime. uh, Essentially, he has now got a flip pick in from Steve Wiltfong of uh, 24/7 Sports, going from A&M to Texas, guys. So from A&M to Texas, uh, Wiltfong very tight in with A&M recruiting uh, as over the years. Uh, This is big news, Uh, Jasper. the Jasper uh, staff, the Jas- news out of Jasper has been slow to come by, frankly. And so I think they're trying to protect their star player from having to suffer the slings and arrows of, uh, you know, media reports, et cetera. Uh, and so we'll we'll have to wait and see exactly how all that goes. But that is the news that leads this morning for Texas, as well as Andrew Makuba and Matthew Golden, the two uh, uh, portal entrants uh, also expected to be on campus for Texas this weekend as well.
0: Hey, Bobby, I wanna go back to Phil Samee for a minute. This comment from Ray Potter. He says, Florida's new defensive back coach was the only visitor at Phil Samee's in, in home. Billy Napier did not show up. Wonder if he's a priority for them. You gotta he's think he's a priority for them. Yeah,
1: he's but. an absolute priority. I can tell you that from the start. Um, I Look, Texas is, is recruiting him really well. The fact that Billy Napier fired Corey Raymond and that was Xavier Filsemme's connection to Florida in the first place. That's on Florida. That's on Billy Napier. That's not on te- Texas. didn't do that. And so what does what the Filsemme family think about that? Well, that's up for them. I mean, he, he could still go to Florida. We're not saying he's committed to Texas right now. But I, we do think that he's going to continue to take visits, including one to Texas. This weekend, he is expected to make a decision and sign by early signing day as
0: well. And then Ray, I'm going to go ahead and ask Ray Potter's question now. Solomon Williams, Bobby, do you have any update on him? What's the latest?
1: Well, my understanding is that A&M is trying to get him back in, uh, back into campus this weekend, along with his high school teammate. Uh, so the, the the question I have is whether or not Texas is going to, if Texas wants Trey Moore, do they also have room for Solomon and Williams and vice versa? Because they play the same position. So it may be a situation where the Longhorns are looking at it. Do we take Trey Moore or do we take Solomon and Williams and vice versa? That's what I think is going on here. Uh, meanwhile, A&M, uh, given their, um, what do you call it? Uh, avalanche, uh, their problems, keeping their commitments right now, they, they, of course, they're going all in on Solomon Williams, you know, of course. And so I don't know where Texas sits on that discussion between Moore and Williams
0: right now. But that's my that's my anticipation and expectation. And then D Jones says, Bobby, is the interview with Greg Davis still coming? Yes,
1: I, we had one technical glitch yesterday. So that should actually be coming out uh, either late this afternoon after our one o'clock live stream uh, that we'll have. Or on Saturday, Uh, I do want to say on our 1 o'clock live stream today, Blake, we're going to have Trey Owens, uh, the the quarterback commitment. He's coming on. He's going to talk to us a little bit. Very proud and happy for him uh, for winning the Houston Area Touchdown Club Player of the Year. He's been on the show a couple of different times. Uh, Rod's talked to him before. We're going to have him on and uh, have him uh, talk a little Texas recruiting before this weekend. He's also playing, I think, in the Army All-American game. I'm going to ask him about the players that that he knows that are playing alongside him in that. But uh, it should be a fun chat this afternoon
0: with Rod Babers uh, and myself uh, as well. All right. Uh, Mitch, the Bally app is going to be the easiest way. Download it on your on your iPhone, your iPad, whatever it may be. You'll have to pay for an account, but you can watch the state games there. Or maybe a, a streaming service like Fubo, something like that. will have Bally, Bobby. How how are you watching? I've got
1: so I watch it via Direct TV. So I'm 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 not these new ager. I still, you know, even though it's Dish, I'm connected. I'm not I'm not like it. Only I don't only have YouTube TV and then the apps. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: there you go. So yeah, and it is on Direct TV as well. Um and then Casey, real quick, I have Port I have Anna, and I have Alito. I think Alito is the no brainer out of those three for sure. Wait,
1: so. wait, wait. Port Neches doesn't play till tomorrow, right?
0: Oh, is no, I think that's. Uh, let's see. We, we Anna got, versus
1: Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill.
0: Yeah, Gilmer. And Gilmer Belleville. versus Belleville. Oh, that's right. That's and then, and then Alito. I'm Alito sorry, Alito
1: Valley is the nightcap. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm going to go Gilmer. Gilmer. Anna Alito. There we go. Well, Just I, like that.
1: Wait a second. Do the next three. Do the ones for tomorrow. Do the ones. So for tomorrow, tomorrow
0: we have. We'll have the Port Natchez versus South Oak Cliff. We'll have Desoto. Um. Oh gosh, who are play playing? Oh, it's uh, Humble Summer Creek. Is who they're playing, and then the big one will be Duncanville North Shore.
1: All right, I'm going to teach you something real quick. You, you West Texas person here. It's Port <laughs> Natchez. Not That's number one. Number two is it's humble, not humble.
0: Well, I learned something new. I never knew that. I I always assumed it was humble. People from, from, uh, you know, West Texas, we don't know how to,
1: I mean, Rod Babers, I don't know if people saw Football Theory last night uh, with Rod Babers and Bob Shipley. Bob's working with us now uh, doing Football Theory each and every Mm -hmm. week, as well as going to visit with us every so often, Blake, on Coffee and Football. But uh, Rod didn't know Rod's from Houston, so he didn't know how to say rotan. Is it rotan? Is it you know what I mean? So yeah. Texas is such a big state. Yeah, that they have unique pronunciations, and I look. I've been around for fifty-four years, and I still s- screw some up. And I've been to all parts of the state for recruiting. So. <laughs> it's like when anyway. people
0: call Mahaya, Mexia.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's that kind of stuff. I mean, now a lot of people in. Anyways, we'll we'll talk about,
0: we <laughs> yeah, talk about that, that. That could it be a whole other podcast season. too. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, Bobby, we got a super chat here from Ambassador of Texas. I bet he could tell us how to say a lot of them. He says, "Do you foresee signing period and portal dates changing due to the new college football playoff format slash schedule next year?" They need to, Bobby. They need Somebody, to.
1: Well, the problem though is this. Okay, you're. Yes, they can change the format and the schedule for for portal, but the problem is this: you're not going to go and change when a team when a school starts school, right? Like Texas can't all of a sudden start school on February one; they're still going to be in mid mid January, right? Because so all of these all these players have to be figured out. The timeline is the timeline. In part because Texas starts on January 15, just like Washington starts on January 15, just like Florida, just like, you know, NYU. You know, schools start school in late August, early September, and they start school in mid-January or late January. So you can't that that's the parameters that you're built within. So you're kind of you're kind of screwed a little bit on that. To to move it around too much, they need to do some tweaks. But what those tweaks are, I don't know.
0: Yeah, like Gilbert Martinez right here says, Malik Murphy seems to be negatively impacted by the dates, and it's true. Just like basketball, Bobby, you know, it, it messed with Texas last year, and you're you're penalized for winning. You know, yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is, but there needs to be something. <laughs>
1: well, thankfully, Texas still, I mean, really hasn't lost anybody to the portal that is considered to be core to yeah. what they want to do in um, New Orleans. Um, and so I feel pretty strongly that, that it's not, it's been okay. And actually I think one of the things it's done, it's probably kept some guys from portaling out of Texas that are going to go get some more reps and they'll see a little bit more further down the line. Hey, maybe I'm not so far away from playing now that these other eight players um, went through the, are in the portal. Right. So there,
0: there's a little give and take there. There's a little give and take. Uh, e Kim says, Bobby, are there any recruits to pay attention to for the February signing period?
1: Yes. Terry Bussey, if Texas gets back in on him, the young man from Thompson. Uh, We also mentioned D- Dominic McKinley not signing on signing on uh, the, the December signing day. Texas still monitoring that. The other one that I would add is Dealen Evans. Um, the young defensive lineman out of Pine Tree in Longview that's been committed to A&M for, you know, I think he committed as a junior. Um, he is now open to visiting other schools. He's already looked at Florida. He's got visits set in January to Texas and Oklahoma. Now he's he's supposed to visit A&M this weekend. I'm sure they're gonna try to get him shut down, you know, and, and to go ahead and sign. But Blake Gideon met with him and uh, Aaron Hampton on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday at a Chipotle in Longview. So D'Alon Evans is still very much in, a part of it. And again, he's an interior defensive lineman at a time when Texas needs interior defensive linemen. So those guys, there could be more. I think the portal will still be open. I mean, you sh- you're going to see another, uh, another tranche of recruits, of portal recruits, enter after their bowl games. And I'm talking about high level guys that Texas might be interested in, like an Adonai Mitchell a year ago. Those type of guys, because they're on good teams, they could wait and Texas could then pounce on someone like that. So keep your eyes open. That's that's why January, I think, is going to be really interesting
0: is who are the big names out there in the portal and is Texas going heavy? Uh, Bobby, this next question from Cody Helm. He says, are there any rumors on the linebacker coaching search? And who would be on your wish list?
1: Well, I mean, look, uh, Colton Swan has been mentioned. Eric Naline mentioned him, uh, the uh, Utah linebacker coach. Uh, that's a possibility. He was recruiting Hunter Andrews, of course. But, I mean, what if, I mean, this is just a wild hair. What if Derek Johnson threw his name in the hat, in the ring for that? Is he prepared for that job? I don't know. Does he want that job? He's got some younger kids, so maybe not. (laughs) Um, But from my thought process, Sark right now is trying to narrow or winnow the candidates down to a few names. He doesn't have to have an answer right away. Just like everybody wanted him to have an answer last year at wide receivers coach. And he just said, no, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And we, I made the announcement and said, Chris Jackson, two weeks before this all happened, Chris Jackson was the leading candidate to be the next wide receivers coach at Texas. People may or may not remember that. I did that, posted it everywhere, Blake. Hmm. Chris Jackson went out publicly, I'm staying at, at Jacksonville. <laughs> two weeks later, he was in Austin. Okay, yeah. <laughs> So a lot of things with coaching, coaching rumors, et cetera, a lot of things are going on behind the scenes that aren't necessarily public. And so we need to make sure that we don't say, oh, Texas has to have a linebackers coach by signing day. No, they just need a linebackers coach by the time they're ready to get going with spring practice. That's really all they have. Because Pete Kwiatkowski, by the way, is the one recruiting Ty Anthony Smith now, as well as Steve Sarkeesian. So that's the only linebacker they're recruiting and so there's no rush. I mean, what's the rush? Jeff Choate's got him through through January um, with the college football playoff.
0: Uh, we got a super chat here from eight one seven Mister Talk Too Much. He says, "Is Aaron Butler a real possibility, or is it smoke to get his recruiting profile up?"
1: Well, here's the the question about Aaron. Aaron Butler is out of Calabasas, California, and a premier prospect. So don't he doesn't need to get his uh, profile up. Chris Jackson. The Texas wide receivers coach went and talked to him about a week ago. Uh, uh, Butler decommitted from Colorado and is now looking at other schools. What Butler said was Texas is going to take two more receivers in the portal or one high school guy and one portal guy. I might be the high school guy that they look at. Okay. Well, about two days later, what happened is this, Blake. Ryan Williams, the number one wide receiver in the class of 2025, out of Sarah Land High School, the same high school that uh, Texas's next quarterback commitment has in K.J. Lacey. Ryan Williams reclassified from class of 2025 to class of 2024, and he's going to be visiting Texas in January, we think, as well. So it's not just uh, Aaron Butler. It's also Ryan Williams, maybe, that Texas is interested in for that final wide receiver spot for the class of 2024.
0: All right, Mark Snail says, what about the Texas A&M defensive line commit, Evans? That's D-
1: Dalen Evans is who we were talking about. Um, it, it, I just talked about him. He's out of Longview Pine Tree. He's committed to A&M but has visited Florida as well. He's saying that he's going to visit Texas, Oklahoma, and USC in January. Will not make a decision this week. That being said, I, he's expected to be on campus at A&M this weekend. I think they're going to try to close him out. Will that work? I don't know. Texas is, I mean, look, this is all fun and games. I mean, and the, the, it's good when you have, when you're Texas right now, because you're coming at it from a point of power, you know, the, the the bloom is off the rose in college station. All they've got are empty words right now and new promises to all those guys they had committed every single one of them. They're no, Elijah Robinson's gone. The offense you were recruited to is gone. You know they're they're like juggling, you know what, right now, and they don't know what they have and what they don't. had not even you haven't even hired all his coaches yet. So,
0: yeah, it's hard. That's very true. All uh, right, Kevin Jones with the super chat, Bobby. He says, "Have you heard anything about a mass exodus of players after the college football playoff?"
1: No, I mean from Texas, no. Yeah, I don't see. Yeah, that I, I think, I think that you're, there could be five to 10 more, you know, and I, and I wouldn't consider that a mass exodus. So turning to 20, 15 to 20%, I, I don't know about, I don't know. I don't, I just don't consider that. There's eight right now. You, another eight is totally possible, but I don't consider that a mass exodus. I mean, a mass exodus is 39 or whatever A&M at 29, whatever A&M had last year. That's, that's
0: a mass exit and I, I think I saw a stat uh, a couple of days ago, Bobby they're in the top five teams this year for most kids transferring out currently. so back to back years that's not good. Not no good I mean that's my point is
1: um, that's why and Bob Shipley, I mean what a bright person he is um he was talking about how that that the culture matters. You being honest with the guys and not being a browbeater in practice and in denigrating kids and talking down to them or being mean to them in the elevator. I mean, there's there were reports that Tom Herman literally didn't talk to Brew McCoy for t- two different times when they were on elevator together because he was a freshman. You know, you can't do that in <laughs> today's day and age. Um, they'll just transfer. And what did Brew McCoy? He just transferred. You know, so. Um maybe there was a time when the coaches held that over kids and unfairly, uh, but I don't think I don't think Steve Sarkeesian looks at life that way or his relationship with his players. I think he wants it to be a, a player's game because he was one.
0: I right, uh the super chat here from Rich Money Cash One. We Bobby addressed this a little bit ago, Bo Davis LSU after the playoffs. No, that's <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot say
1: I cannot say no unequivocally. I will never. Because I, look, some of my best friends have said, I don't think I'm going to do it. And then they go and do something, okay? (laughs) I'm not saying Bo Davis has told me this either. So I'm not friends with Bo Davis like that or anything. My point is, I don't see that happening for very, a lot of logical reasons, including he's told them no before. Okay, since Brian Kelly's gotten that job. So, and I do think
0: it's important to note that that has that rumor has originated from a fan message board you know so there it's not like it's something concrete by any means well they probably
1: want him. like they probably want him and they probably should
0: yeah who what yeah yeah so all right Archmania with the super chat thank you arch she says joey flores had the best idea all day get madison skinner on the show asap we will try to behave <laughs> well arch you'll be happy i
1: i I'm not going to have Maddie Skinner on, I don't think, although I may ask Andrea Elliott. Uh, Andrea Elliott is the uh, wife of um, uh, Jarrett Elliott, and she is a former international volleyball star. She's going to be on the program tomorrow. I, her, her and I are going to preview the national championship game for the Longhorns. I want to give uh, some women's sports a shout-out here on, on Texas football uh, because, I mean, look, very proud of what they've done. Very, very proud in how they represent the university. Madison Skinner, Asia O'Neill, uh, Ellis Swindell, uh, Emma Halter, uh, all of Molly Phillips. You know they they have represented the University of Texas extraordinarily well, and they they deserve to they deserve a little a little pat on the back as they're going in to play uh, Nebraska Tuesday or Saturday Sunday at two o'clock on ABC.
0: Uh, Bobby, we got time for a few more questions here and let's take some team related questions. Uh, we talked recruiting in depth today, but Doug says nobody really talking about who is going to fill the spots of Murphy and sweat. That worries me for next year. Your thoughts.
1: Yeah. You're talking to, to the chief worrier. So <laughs> uh, Doug, uh, no, right now I think it looks like it's, it's most likely and it's also Alfred Collins too. So right now it looks like it's Trill Carter, Sadir Mitchell, Aaron Bryant, um uh Vernon Broten, uh that group, uh, as well as whoever they bring in, DeAndre Robinson, Alex January, uh, Melvin Hills, possibly Alex Foster or dAlen Evans or Dominic McKinley. Um, all of those guys are possibilities. I still think they would like to find an um an older guy in the portal at defensive line, but Right now, there may not be one out there. And and those are we, – we've talked about those defensive linemen interior guys that are really good enough to play for Texas. That's like a Willy Wonka golden ticket. You can want one.
0: You just may not be able to find one. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. All right, this next question, Bobby, uh, is going to be from Blake's Mute Button. And he asks, when do the guys start practicing for the college football playoff? Um, they start
1: on Saturday. So um, the, the team has been working out all week in the work weight room, doing some running, etc. They actually get back to work on the field on Saturday. That's when all those recruits will be there. It's a very exciting time. I, I've talked about that with Rod and some other uh, former players, Alex Oak, for those guys. That's just an exciting time to be a part of if you're a player and a recruit. The first time you step back on the field after a long season and you're going to play for something that matters, you, you talk to Colt McCoy and see what he says about it. You know what I mean? That, that it's a special Vince Young. That's you're 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 playing with a purpose right now. A, a rare, rare purpose. And that, that's not only for for Texas, that's Washington, Michigan, Alabama. The, 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 the stakes are upped. The ante is upped
0: for sure. Uh, David Williams says, Bobby, I think UT has a good chance to win the national title as any of the other three teams in the playoffs. If that does happen and they do win the title, how does that impact Quinn Ewers returning to Texas? I think uh I think it could impact it uh, quite quite in a
1: in a major way. Like I, I told you I went up from 90% to 95% on this deal. Like I was told 90% at one point, and now I think it's 95 to I mean even 99 the 1% or the 5% is if Quinn has two more games like he had against Oklahoma State that would that that would change just about anybody's mind especially if that second game is against a Michigan defense that made some other pretty decent quarterbacks look mortal right so let's, let's, uh, I, that, that's the only way I don't see that happening. That's the only way.
0: Uh, Bobby, well, we just got a super chat in. I got to read this before we do the last question for today. Michael Dutton says, are we just going to ignore Blake having a man's hill sign baseball? I knew admitting that was going to come back to haunt me. Ha ha. Love the content guys. Thanks. And hook on Michael. Thank you. I, I know I'm, I I get it. I get it. That's all I'm going to say. The the real question is, do you have a Nolan Ryan signed baseball? Bobby, I have a Nolan Ryan signed baseball and a Nolan Ryan signed poster. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Then then from a Texas baseball person that, whether you like the Astros or the Rangers... You're okay. You're okay. I'm, I'm covered.
0: I, I'm covered. <laughs> I got my Augie sign baseball behind me too. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. That, that, All right, <laughs> That wins out. Okay, Bobby, this is going to be the last question of the, of the day. And obviously it's been a, a recruiting field news day. So we're going to wrap it up with that. Casey says, can you do a rundown of confirmed high school and portal visitors this weekend?
1: Yes, Casey we will do right now. Xavier Philsamy of McKinney is expected in. Alex Foster and Xavier is a safety, five star, currently committed to Florida. Alex Foster, defensive lineman, Greenville, Mississippi, six foot five, 250 pounds. Also, he is committed to Baylor at this time. Those are the two that are confirmed at this point. Now, things could change, but those are the two confirmed to come in. In the portal, Andrew McCuba, uh, Nickelback from Clemson, three year starter. Matthew Golden, wide receiver from Houston, as well as a kick returner. Those two. So those four, Phil Samee, Foster, Makuba, Golden, all confirmed expected to be in this weekend. We believe there will be a fifth. uh, And I I believe there will be a fifth. And I think that one is going to be Ty Anthony Smith, uh, the linebacker from Jasper. He has not used his official visit to Texas yet. So he, frankly, he can. Going back to the very start of this thing, Texas A&M has had a commitment from Ty Anthony Smith for months. Texas has been trying to get in on him. Well, all of his friends, Draylon Miller, Weston Davis, they've all split and headed elsewhere. Terry Bussey, the young man from Timpson that Ty Anthony Smith likes a lot, another East Texas guy, he looks like he's peeling off. Ty Anthony Smith likes the Longhorns, always has. He was going with his buddies somewhere else. I think it's possible he visits Texas. This weekend, too. Of course, we'll also be looking for other visitors. And then there's going to be like 10 plus uh, committed players on campus this weekend. too. So there there's a lot of news out there. But Makuba, Golden, Phil Simi, and Foster are the four official visitors that are
0: expected in for sure at this point. All uh, right, Bobby, what can folks expect later today right here on On Texas Football?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, at 1 o'clock today, myself and Rod are going to get going on the live stream. We also have a special guest coming in uh, as well. And then we have Trey Owens, a young man out of Cy Fair that just won the Houston Touchdown Club Award, uh, the future quarterback for the Texas Longhorns. He is a midterm enrollee, by the way. He had 43 TDs last year to just four interceptions, threw for 3,333
0: yards. All right. Well, Bobby, one thing before we get out of here. Christmas is the time for giving, so we're going to do a giveaway right here on On Texas Football. And, guys, right here is an autographed mini helmet from Jordan Shipley. I hope you all can see that. And Colt McCoy doesn't get much better than that. Two of the best off those 08 and 09 teams. We're going to give that away. All you got to do is subscribe to On Texas. Well, actually, we're going to do two different ways that you can win, so you can double your chances. Subscribe to On Texas Football and then we're going to put out a tweet. You can go to the On Texas Football Twitter account, retweet it. So if you do both, you have two chances to win. Um, and we'll we'll give it away next Friday, which is just a couple days before Christmas. But one of y'all will walk away with that helmet again, signed by Colt McCoy and Jordan Shipley. Subscribe to On Texas Football, and then retweet the tweet when we put it out here in just a minute, and that'll give you two different ways to win. But Good luck to all of you out there. I know the last time we did one, it, it was a big hit. Or we did two, it was a big hit. So I want to give y'all give y'all a little Christmas gift <laughs> from us here. But yep. So well, I guess that's it, Bobby, for today. I know who knows what's gonna happen. The last couple of days have been so action-packed. We may be back here in just a little bit. <laughs> you never can tell. Who knows? I hope so. Well, let, let's be, do
1: I don't want to tease people, but I i was busy yesterday doing a commitment video. I'll just, you know, <laughs> pre-taping one because I thought something might happen yesterday afternoon. It did not end up happening. Uh, but that it's that time of year, guys. I mean, just beware that you need to check in every so often.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And the best way to do that, Bobby, besides subscribing, ring that bell so you're notified anytime a video is posted right here on On Texas Football as well. But thank you all for watching. Thank you for the super chats. We want to thank BKCW, of course, for being a sponsor of today's show, along with Manscaped. And for Bobby Burton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you next time.
1: One o'clock today, guys. Hook them.